Today we are in Exodus. What are the odds? Exodus 18, 13 through 27. Exodus 18, 13 through 27. What had we, uh, what do we, what do we talk about last week? What had happened? Father-in-law. Father-in-law. By the way, who was Jethro? He was the father-in-law. And and what did we discuss about this meeting between Jethro and Moses last week? Jethro was coming down uh, to meet Moses with his wives, and Moses went out to to greet him and, and receive him. So Jethro brings Zipporah and his sons, and Moses goes out to 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 bring to to meet him in the wilderness. And uh, it was an honorable thing for him to do that. He submits himself and shows deference to Jethro, his father-in-law, his father-in-law, his father-in-law. We saw that several times. We know who Jethro is. He was a priest in Midian uh, who acknowledges the covenant God of the Hebrews. Um, and, and there's some indication that he's actually converted um, and, and, and uh, esteems Yahweh as the only uh, true God. So, although there's debate on that, I, I tend to hold that view. Um, so here we are. Jethro is is uh, exalting, rejoicing in what God has done with the Hebrews, and then we run up on uh, verse thirteen in chapter eighteen. So here we are. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, "What is this that?" You are doing for the people. Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father in law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God, when they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another, and I make them and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father in law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure, and all this people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went away to his own country. So all this rejoicing, all this exaltation and praise to Yahweh, and the next day, 
Jethro sees something. What's going on here? First of all, where are they? Have they left the place where they were? So where are they? Horeb, which is also known as Mount Sinai, that, that region of Sinai. So you have them in Horeb, and Moses, the next day, the next day, I mean, we have a very quick succession of that. He begins his routine. What's his routine? Judging the people. Judging the people is his routine. And, and, and what does that tell you? How long does it last? So apparently these people not only quarrel with God, they quarrel with themselves a lot. Do you get in that picture? <laughs> there are all these cases that are coming to Moses alone, and he's judging the people. Now what, what's involved uh, in, in this? What, this? This discussion, Moses tells Jethro what he's doing. What, what, what is, he's, he's deciding a matter, the right and wrong, but what is he also doing? He's teaching them God's law. Um, what does this tell you about Moses? He's patient. He's patient? What else? He understands God's law. Okay. He understands God's law. He's able to discern and judge rightly. What else does it tell you about his attitude toward the people? Patience is one aspect of it. He doesn't just despise them and judge them because he has to. He, he loves them enough to actually want to educate them and uh, make them uh, able to avoid these scenarios themselves. He's teaching them wisdom, right? He loves them enough. I think that's a great way to put it. It's pastoral care that he has for these people. He, even though they are quarrelsome and have challenged him, rebelled against him, he's sitting there patiently, exhaustingly, giving out teaching and wisdom and discernment to them, teaching them how to how to live their lives, not only what God says, but also how to live. And he does it with very uh, great care and kindness. Well, what problem does, Jeth- does Jethro see with doing this? All these people and only one Moses. <laughs> All these people and only one Moses. Okay, what's wrong with that? He can't do anything else. It's it's too big of a job for one man, right? Um, notice that he isn't saying that Moses is abusing his power. I mean, what, what Moses is doing is from a good heart, right? We've established that. We talked about he's doing it out of a heart of love and pastoral care for these people. And Jethro isn't chomping on him for that. But it's too much for one man. You can't keep your bow so tightly strung and survive. And that's what he's doing, morning to evening. What else is going on? What's the second problem? So there's Moses and his endurance. What's the second problem here? He's the only judge, right? And so what burdens does that not only put on Moses, but on others? What, what, other, what other burden does Jethro throw out there? Yeah, on the people. On the people, in what way? Moses is the only one judging them. Justice delayed. 
You have people waiting around, waiting for the cases to be heard. You've got justice and decisions being delayed. What does that uh, foster? More grumbling? More disobedience? Social unrest? Rebellion? They're just sitting around, and uh, idle hands are the devil's plaything. Is, is that kind of the idea here? Uh, all right. Moses explains what he's doing in verse 15, and he uses this term, they, they asked me to inquire of God. And, and that's a, a term that you see a lot in the Old Testament. I kind of want to bring that out. He, he's not talking about, you know, stirring up chicken bones and reading chicken bones or tea leaves here. This is not a divination thing, this inquire of God. What he's talking about is, he, as judge, he's in the place of discerning wisdom, God's wisdom in a matter. And what he's, when they're coming to him, they're coming to a man who is full of the word of God and is acting as a man of wisdom to, to speak to them. He is, again, the mediator between God's wisdom and their problem. You see this again. So this whole inquire of God idea um, is not a pagan notion. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not mystical, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And yet here, Moses was not exercising wisdom for himself. He's doing something foolish. Not out of a bad heart, but what's the end result of this? He ain't a spring chicken. Do you think some of it too could be a little bit of maybe not thinking somebody else could do as good of a job? Lack of trust? Somebody, nobody else can do what I'm doing? I've got to do it all? So you think you think he's got this this overwhelming sense of duty that nobody else can do this but him, right? Nobody loves him like I do. That's the issue. Okay, well, there may be some of that. Um, Matthew Henry says this: Wisdom is profitable to direct that we may neither content ourselves with less than our duty nor task ourselves beyond our strength. You feel yourself. Being spread thin. Do you? You're smiling. You're a little thin. What's the what's the what is that a result of? Tammy put it to me this way. She said, "Whatever you say yes to, you have to say no to something else." (laughs) Right? We commit to things. I can only do this. I'm the only one that can do it. This is where I'm built. This, and yet. We're not. We're shoving other things to the side, like health, biking, you know, uh, health, uh, or, or or other things that are that are important, family, whatever. Do you feel? Do you? Does our society call for that? This overcommitment to time, to to, the, to things, right? You know, y'all pretty much feel kind of like, well, what am I gonna do next? I don't know. I'm kinda... There's always something to do, right? Is that true in church? So, I hear a word from God coming through the ceiling tile. It sounded like 
somebody like a Lynn T. Got to know, maybe preparing back over there. Um, is there always there, there's always something else to do? This is not something to talk to you about when people come in with lists of things for volunteering, is it? But anyway, well, there it is. No. Um, all right, verse 16. Moses decides. This is his office. This is what he's doing. He's deciding the matter. He teaches discernment to the people. And he's, he's working on two offices. He's, he's the lawgiver and he's the judge who decides what is right. So what is... What is Jethro's assessment of this overextension? What does he say? What you're doing is not good. Is not good. How would your dad say that? I can't remember how. Chairman? Uh, what did he say? He... Well, that's not right. Or he'd say something like anyway. But um, all right. So it's not good. The word used in the Hebrew. Uh, is low, which it's it's an intro word to another word. It can, when you compare them, you combine them together, it strongly emphasizes Jethro's approval, so a disapproval of of what's going on. So, I guess when I was preparing for this, I thought, well, Jethro's giving him the lowdown. See, low, is that bad, pretty bad. See, see, this is what happens when you get overtaxed. You make bad jokes. Anyway, so there it is. So his concern is for Moses and for the people, and he's not just being. Contrary. Look at verse 19. What does is, what is Jethro outline as Moses' ultimate duty? What do you see? A couple of things there. What is his ultimate duty? Give counsel. Okay. To represent the people's God. Okay, so one is mediator. Where did my plate go? <laughs> He's mediator. And then you said give counsel to the people. Um, let's see, I, I think I have here. He brings the various cases before God to receive the decision. So, so he's basically to teach or warn, literally to enlighten or shine the word of God and how those laws lead to right living in all areas of life. So he's, he's, he's a mediator and he is the, um, he's the judge. Uh, teacher, right? <coughs> I need a plate. It's going to drive me nuts. Uh, it's a new marker. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. We need some ventilation in here. Is it hot? The marker is It's not a low order. <laughs> Do not use enclosed areas. Use well and ventilated area. It does say that really. It says use well and ventilated areas. Okay, there we go. Everybody's kind of seeing things. When the wall starts crawling, let me know, and we'll use a different marker. All right. So, um, so he has two ultimate duties. He's primarily the mediator between God and the people, and he brings these cases. Man, that is strong. And he brings these cases. Um, uh, to, uh, to, to, to God uh, and, and teaches them uh, the law. Um, what's the additional duty he, he gives to Moses in verse 21? Appoint people to essentially be under you and be judges of the lesser things. There may be a reason to have the other specifically, right? 
What's that? Men more specifically, right? Men, well, yes, there's that. Um, he adds another duty to Moses. But what's the result of the duty? A huge decrease in responsibility. By diversifying the gift of judgeship, he's able to be a better mediator and a better teacher by appointing men to handle that office with him. Right? Choose men to act as judges. It lightens his load. What kind of men? And this is where I erase this because it stinks. What kind of men? What do we... Well, to describe the men, we'll use the pink marker. Um, uh, what, what kind of men? What, what, give me the qualifications that they have. Men of truth. Okay, um. Okay. Hate a bribe. What does that mean? If you hate a bribe, what does that mean? You don't like dishonest gain. You won't take a bribe to settle a matter in a dishonest way. You're not corrupt. You want justice, right? You're not corrupt. So, incorruptible. <laughs> Men of truth. What does that mean? What is he talking about there? Men of integrity. Okay. Uh, who, 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 in what way? Based on the word. Okay, good. Uh, integrity. Uh, I'm going to word of God. Okay. So, uh, all right, fine. Is that, we understand what law is? So, okay. All right. All right. It's not blasphemous? Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so what else do we say? Fear God. I think I heard that earlier. I'm just going to go there. Fear God. What does that mean? Fear God. They can't get out of their tent because they're in the corner uh, in the fetal position with a nosebleed because they're scared to make any decision because God is going to strike them down. Go ahead, quick, uh, loudly. Respect, revere him. Respect and revere him rightly. Would that be respect that leads to what? Obedience. That leads to obedience. These are men who not only know the word, they, they, they hate anything that is against um, or, or, that is against justice or, or they're incorrect. Why are you smiling? What? Put the cap on. Oh, sorry. Um, they fear God and that, man, that is strong. Um, you looked at the cap. <laughs> Uh, there's, and they have respect for God that leads to their obedience of God. They live this stuff. They live it. And it says able men. Another way, another translation might have men of character, right? Just as an overarching thing. That's the men of. And we'll just put CH because I've got to put the cap on real quick. Men of character. Um, what, what does this tell you? What does this tell you? Is Moses the only one? Not if you can find people that meet these criteria. <laughs> Not if you can find people that meet these criteria. 
Does he? He, you mean it's not all on him? That God gives gifts to other people as well that he can trust. Um, all right. And these divisions, what are the divisions that he makes? What does it say? Thousands, hundred, fifties, and tens. And yet they all have the same criteria. So even though one may be over a thousand and another over ten, they're still the same kind of men. There needs to be consistency. There needs to be consistency. What does that call for in these men? I mean, the minute you say, you know, why am I not over a thousand? What do you have? You have envy. You have not fearing God because he placed them where they would want to be. Um, and that would seem to me to disqualify them, right? The, the divisions are really kind of a military precision here. This is a military division. of, And, and this, is, this passage is the foundation for the judicial system in Israel throughout the rest of their history. It's a, and, and quite frankly, all ours. Get down to it. Um, there, there are lower courts, there are mid-courts, there are high courts. That's the way it works. The divisions are more numerous here, although I guess if you add you know, JP courts, you'd probably be okay. But it, it's the same principle. There are supposed to be men who are incorruptible, sitting on a bench, hearing cases, dispensing wisdom, fearing God, and doing it with truth and integrity. That's the way it's supposed to be done. It's an office that Moses holds, and it's not an office that is wrapped up in one man. It is an office that the people of God are supposed to see functioning regularly. And on a civil matter, on a civil side, it's an office that we're, we're to see handled rightly as well. Um, they're doing the same job Moses is doing. They care for the common disputes while the major disputes are brought to Moses. It's a court of appeals. Same kind of idea. Were these uh, elected men with term limits? It doesn't say that here. Why would you say not? I don't know. Um, I guess if he chose them, he would have complete confidence that they were. They were just Lord, Unless they were impeachable. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about the language that would lead you to think that? Something about the word all seems to strike me. First, I don't know, 22? At all times. The idea here is an ongoing office that they carry. These are chieftains in their tribes. These are leaders in their, among their people. They're going to continue to be leaders among their people. There, there's This is a lifetime. The, the idea here is this is a lifetime appointment. Um the position remained in existence throughout the history of Israel, as we said. And notice how Jethro finishes his advice by, by highlighting the results. What does he say? So it will be easier for you. Yeah. And they will bear the burden with you. 23, if you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure. And all this people also will go to their place in peace. They won't go to their place in social unrest. They'll go to their place in peace. So he's, you know, being a good persuasive speaker. Look at all these great benefits to my suggestion. He's making the case to Moses. 
So what uh, it says literally that, that Moses will be able to stand. Moses will endure. The irony is that we start out in verse 13 with him sitting. <laughs> and so Jethro kind of has a, a, a two-edged uh, uh, use of that word there, that he will be able to endure and stand. He may stand before the people. Um, all right, so what, uh, what does Moses do with this? Heed, he heeds. <laughs> a person is not wise if they think they're above counsel. And here we have Moses. All this stuff is going on through him. He's God's man. He's full of wisdom, grace, truth. He's doing all this kind of stuff because he knows the word of God, cares for the people. Even he has blind spots. Even he needs counsel. Wisdom calls for us to take counsel. There's a difference, though. Look at verses uh, 24 through, through 26. Do you see a difference in the language used for the types of cases Moses is to hear? Great versus difficult. What's That seems like a very slight difference, doesn't it? What do you think is the... Why would it use... Why would the language be different there? He's drawing out. I think uh, a great case would be a case that is um, really a big deal, but it's not hard to decide who's right and who's wrong. Um, like like a murder would be a greater case than like a robbery or something like that. Right. But um, a difficult case would be one where um, I think more of like um, something that it's hard to know exactly what, how to judge the person correctly or how exactly to execute uh, like a punishment for that. Or so, so there's a great case, meaning there may be a high dollar value if it's a civil matter. There may be a murder involved if it's a criminal matter. That's great. Then there's hard that's complex, may not be a huge dollar amount, may not be a huge consequence, but it's thorny. It's got issues there. So the idea here is that he, he takes both of those. Not just the high-dollar ones, high-profile cases, but the ones that are difficult, that, that require nuance, subtlety, wisdom, discernment to be, to be handled. And he does that as a teaching tool for the people. This is how we wrestle through these things. All right. What do we do with this? Make a funeral over Christ. Okay, in what way? <laughs> um, he, he it's funny, that's in my notes. <laughs> Uh-huh. So when they divide all these people up, God gives gifts to men, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. In that, he writes the law in our heart, and then they're able to just like dispense it through the people that they're over, and that's what these people are doing, because they don't yet have the, the written out law. I think it's interesting that it said that you'll be able to obey God and carry out his law or whatever up here. Let me say, in 15. Oh, no. That's all there is. Um... <laughs> Uh, make them know the statutes of God and His laws. Mm-hmm. I guess they have kind of some general accepted laws. Up to sure. This point. Sure. Don't actually have like the written, out the written code is not there yet. Yeah. Law. So, anyways, that makes sense. Uh, yes, it does. Uh, like like uh, Mississippi mud. So you have um, you have an issue here. 
textually when this was implemented. And you're right. It seems to be more logical to have implemented this after the giving of the law. So, so the thought is that sometimes the, the writers of the Bible don't necessarily follow chronological order, but they... Christ left before he sent the helper. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so the thought here is that Jethro's advice was given to Moses before he received the law, but that he implemented it after the law was given precisely for that, for that reason. And, and they didn't uh, really divide up the apostles and start accounting, uh, appointing, um, I can't remember the word, but uh, the, the men that they're going uh, to watch over the smaller groups, deacons. Sure, sure. Isn't it interesting? Moses is, a, is a, certainly the word on dictionary.com for, for today. The word of the day was antitype. I thought it was very interesting because that's exactly what Moses is. He is here a, a, a type of Christ. He was the means of their redemption. God used him to redeem the people out of Egypt. And he's also acting as lawgiver and judge here, right? It. In the same way, in a greater way, um, has Christ not ordered his church this way? You, you've talked about uh, that he gave gifts to men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers. Um, what, what, what kind of men should they be? It's the same criteria, isn't it? Above reproach. Right? Is that the word that gets thrown around a lot? Above reproach? Men of character? All this kind of stuff? Isn't it interesting that something as crucial as the judicial system in Israel is the brainchild of a pagan Midianite priest? I say pagan. At this time, I think he's probably a follower of, of God. But do you find that interesting? Because later on in Israel's history, they are fighting with Midian. It's some brutal stuff going on. They hate them. Midian hates, Midianites hate Israel. It, it's a very contentious relationship. Um, which to me, once again, leads credibility to the Bible. Because why would you exalt your enemy this way? But here they are. God uses someone uh, who, who is not part of the people as a means of wisdom for the man of God at this time uh, to, 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 to lessen his burden and to better serve the people. Sure. Because of Moses' understanding of God's word, he can, he can discern for himself if that's a good idea. And not just take it simply because it's his father-in-law, his father-in-law, his father-in-law, his father-in-law. Obviously, a lot of respect for Jethro. Um, but you're right. He had to use his own assessment of whether or not that was good advice. Notice that for the establishment of justice and righteousness among the people, men who fear God are needed. Um I don't expect you to be at Sylvania forever, just given the demographics of this class, because you're, you know, young adults who are going to be shot out into the universe. 
at some point. I, um, I hope that, arrows from the church, I hope that um, as you are seeking a body to be a part of later on in your lives, that this is a criteria for you. That you look for leadership in a church that, that's this. That's, that doesn't um, that doesn't play games with righteousness, holiness, discernment, wisdom that that, that are are godly men, not just up there for a show. I think there's too many of that, too too much of that in in the Western Church, and so I I, I pray that you are even now forming your understanding of. What do we do here? What, what is the church about? To that end, in January, um, the elders are going to be going through a series of eh, sermons, teachings, whatever you want to call them, on our life together. What does it mean to be part of the local church? What is a good, what is a healthy, we're going through the nine marks of a healthy church together. We thought, man, this is really good. We should talk about this to the congregation. So in, on, in January, probably through February, we're going to be going through um, some of that, so there's a plug for that if you're if you're interested, and I hope you are. the The other thing that I that I want to bring out to you is that you're you're going to be involved in this someday. Um, as you get uh, in places of uh, maybe teaching and service, you you may be called on to lead, and this is a huge thing. To guard your heart with all diligence as you're serving the body in, in some kind of role. Not only for the benefit of the people that you're serving, but also just for your own conscience sake. You don't want to be up there or, or anywhere doing it out of a just a, a rote activity. If, if the Word of God isn't affecting your heart, don't, don't, don't lead. Know that you're bow is too tightly strung, <laughs> back off and seek counsel on that. Um, but the, I just want to put these thoughts in your head because as you continue to grow, as you continue to get involved, and I hope you continue to value and prize church life, that, that, that's part of it, and you're going to be called on to do that. Um, the Word of God being taught to the church is central and the key to our conform, conforming little by little to the, little by little to the image of Jesus but just teaching is not enough. We have, to, we have to be doers of the word, not just hearers only, right? That should be modeled by the leaders among us. It should be called for by the leaders among us. And it should be, um, it should be uh, well, discipline must also be applied in a church uh, or holiness and righteousness will not prevail. That's a sobering truth, not only for uh, the leadership of the church, but also for the, for the, for the congregation in general, that, that we um, are accountable to each other for how we live. This isn't just a country club kind of idea. We're accountable to each other. So, all right. Any, any questions on that? Mm-hmm. people to help them. 
and yet here again, it's kind of the same lesson, but in a different aspect of his life, that he needs help, he needs to be surrounded by people to help him with this task. And I, I know in my own life, God has taught me one thing over different <laughs> things that, that kept happening that it's like, oh, finally I get it. But I, I think to me that's part of what I've seen here with Moses too, is God is teaching him in different no, I'm, I'm just thinking the distinction there to me is how easy it is, how easy it is to see that difficulty physically. Because you're talking about at the rock whenever they're holding up his hands. That was easy. I'm tired. I can't do this. But we don't see that so clearly with. When we're stressed out. Well, or when we're stressed out, but also just in, 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 in talking. How. how Exhausting that is mentally. We we get the physical exhaustion, but not the mental and spiritual exhaustion that comes from continuing to do something. And so his, I, I think it's just a blind spot. He's not a Moses is not a warrior, right? That's not where he's comfortable anyway. I need help there. He is comfortable as a lawgiver and a judge. And yet nobody else can do this but me. I think is a very um, applicable thing. Um, that he probably was wrestling with. He may have been. We're not told specifically, but but I can see that as being an issue. Where we're comfortable, where we're the strongest, is often where we kill ourselves <laughs> and become the weakest, right? I can keep doing it. I know I can. I'm gifted here. I can keep doing this and keep pushing. Right, and not let anybody else share that that idea. So, yeah. We all have blind spots, I guess. And uh, and this was Moses, and it took his father-in-law to to fix it. That's a humbling thing. So, Kevin, how old do you think his father-in-law was? Um, this side of Methuselah. Uh, I mean, Moses here is probably well. We know he's over eighty. We don't know how old his wife is. I mean, his wife could be twenty years his younger, which. <laughs> or older. Or older, yeah, 20 years younger or older. We don't, we don't know the age of Zipporah, but we do know that, that, well, I don't know that Jethro is necessarily younger. You think he might have been around the same age? Is that your... I'm just, we I'm just don't know. know. We, we know that he, he was honored by Moses, and that usually is a function of age and position. Um, so I'm, I am going under the assumption that he, is, that he is at least, you know, some decades older than Moses. Mine is. <laughs> He's a great guy. I just like to bust on him. Um, all right. Well, anything else? In, in chapter 23, it talks about how this is going to be a good thing. Or 22 and 23. Um, but it's a necessary evil because if it wasn't to sin, there wouldn't have to be people that govern the body. And yet, um, and yet, when Christ returns, we're still going to have Him as judge. Him as judge. And we will rule and reign with Him. The mind wonders. And we'll judge the angels. So the angels will be sinning, or I, I don't know what that means. How, how do we do? How do we deal with that? What do we do with that? Another lesson. Uh, incidentally, Moses does talk about this later. Um, in Deuteronomy 
but uh, we won't go there today. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 9. Through, what? Do you want me just to read it? Or this year? Well, in my lifetime, we probably won't get it. But anyway, Leviticus, Leviticus will take us a while. Kevin, one other observation. Sure. It makes, we were asking, why would Moses run out to meet him and everything? It was all about respect, which it is. Mm-hmm. But in light of today, it makes a lot more sense why he would do that. Is he's stressed. He's looking for a reason to get away. He's looking for somebody that he respects and he can ask advice of and meet with him. So when he heard that he was coming... Yeah, you know, That's a good point. Do you think there was history between Jethro and Moses before this? I mean, he, he did live with him in the wilderness for 40 years, right? And there's that 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the desert with in Midian, and then back the 40 years of, toward the end of his life in the redemption of Israel. So those 40 years, he built a trust with Jethro, his father-in-law, that, that, would, be, uh, that would let him know that he was someone who had some wisdom. And so if he's sitting here struggling every single day to mess with all these disputes and he hears that Jethro is coming, maybe that's why he went out to meet him. That's a good point. Good point. Anything else? Familiarity breeds contempt. And when you um, are taking care of everybody's tasks all the time, um, not only was he maybe inefficient in getting to everyone, but also it was good that for the structure so they have to Familiarity breeds contempt. So you think he's just getting tired of this charge that he has dealing well, with these people? You always could, especially if it's a repetitive, like, sure. they got the same kind of people with the same problems. The cow again, really? Yeah, I could, I could, see, I could see how that would be a problem. So this is a way to, to uh, create a little excitement in his life, to have a little... Less of the mundane drudgery stuff, and maybe. Well, I just said, you know. Why he ran to Jethro? No, no, no. Oh. The, 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 another benefit to having all those divisions so that he doesn't have to see every kind of case. Right. Maybe help. Maybe there are a few offenders coming, like you said. So there are. There always are. Yeah. So maybe that's a good principle. To sure. To 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 uh, lessen your the drudgery that you don't have to do and pass it off to other people. I, I don't know. I don't know how to... Well, you guys designed this to meet each other. <laughs> <laughs> it just forces us. Like, this sounds like one of those situations where, okay, you know you need other people. Right. But you're not living in a way where you need other people. Right. So I'm going to kind of nudge you via your father-in-law. I can do community by myself. Community. <laughs> I can do communion. I don't need you or anybody. I, I can I can do it all. Just leave me alone. Let me do my thing, and I'll burn out in a week or two. Is that? And, and yet, God designed us to need community. To to. And isn't that the function of the church too? One of one of the one of the functions of the office of um, the, the church is is discerning the law, discerning wisdom, and and to to teach it. And that can't all be done in one person. So. All right. Any anything else? We're all good. Grant Grant has going. He's doing one of these kind of things, but then he stops. I was I was thinking about um, Moses had to have understood this coming from such a high high up place in Egypt. I mean, he was forty when he killed the guy and left. Mm-hmm. 
certainly he would have seen the hierarchy in Pharaoh's court that permeated all their country, because Pharaoh can't run everything, and Pharaoh can't deal with all the people, etc. So he had to, to be very familiar with the structure of government mm -hmm. and the judicial system. Maybe there's some pushback so, on that because it was an Egyptian exactly. idea. Maybe yeah, there was some pushback, and but all truth is God's truth, and even though it was done in Egypt, it was still a good principle. So yeah, that's maybe not realize that. That draws out the point even more why this is here and why it took Jethro to, mm -hmm. to implement it. Yeah, voice yeah. it. So. It's good. All right, it's Sorry. ten. No, it's good. Ten o three. There's still a cake in the back, and we don't want to take it home. So take care of that for us, please. We will. We're trying to. Um, to distribute that cake and that responsibility of not eating that to you. No, no. But it's broken already, so it'll be good. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have created us to need each other and that you haven't piled responsibility on one person alone but have seen fit to... Uh, create offices that are uh, able to be divided and shared. We thank you that this is to the glory of the Lord of the church himself, that he is our great judge, he is our great king, he is our lawgiver, he is our prophet, and that he has seen fit to engage us in those offices on a finite level, as he is the, the ultimate authority in the church. We thank you that we can partake in that, and that we are charged to be discerning, not just um, knowing what the Word says, but applying it in wisdom to our lives and, and encouraging others to do the same. So we pray that you grow us in wisdom, that you grow us in discernment, that you cause us to live according to what you teach us in your Word. To the glory of Christ we pray. Amen.